Hello and welcome once again to Off the Shelf with Phil and Dave. This is Phil speaking and with me as always live and in color is Dave. Hello Philip. Hello. How you doing buddy? Good How's you? How's things going? Pretty good thanks. Wonderful. Moving past that of course we're going <laughs> to uh, first introduce this movie. It comes off your shelf this week. It does. Legitimately. Uh, Legitimately. <laughs> 2011's Source Code. Yes. Directed by Duncan Jones and starring our dear friend Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes, I figured uh, we hadn't had Jake as the actual leading man that you so craved in <laughs> day after tomorrow. So here he is, 2011. It's Pete Gyllenhaal, you think? I'd say he's not as chiseled as Sly, but he's looking pretty muddy fine. Yeah, I was uh, thinking as soon as as soon as I saw it, I was like, this guy looks chiseled. This is a different this is a different Gyllenhaal. I hope our our, our ladies aren't listening. They're gonna wonder, but Rob Lowe's shirt off, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, and uh, and now Jake Gyllenhaal. We're all comfortable enough in our manhood, my friend. Oh, I'm not and, at all. And the relationships no, no. are they're uh, titanium steel. They're they're foundational. They're... She's just looking for an excuse to get out. <laughs> So any sort of hint of a possible annulment. <laughs> Is it too late? Let's, let's, yeah. Just close all those browsers when you walk in the room. It's funny. She cries at night and I can't figure out why. But that's okay. Maybe because you're, uh, you're in the basement playing video games. Yeah, I suppose. That could be it. Anyways, here I am, not in the basement uh, with you, Philip, 2011 source code. Did you ask why I... Uh, Took it off the shelf? Did I haven't know? asked yet, but okay. that, that was my next question. You beat me to it. Maybe you could, uh, I mean, beyond, of course, the chiseled Gyllenhaal of it all. What uh, what brought it off the shelf? No reason. Great. Moving <laughs> on. I watched it uh, years ago. I grabbed it randomly. So back, th- it's been a while since I've pulled off like a random procru- uh, procurement. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to tell us the story about how you were no in story. a just bargain it. bin at a Walmart um, and the sun was bright? And- I think, I don't think this is a bin. Okay. This right. is at a HMV. This is a choice. Like, this this is was a, a choice. Okay. I was going through the S's, saw this movie, and said, why not? Okay. Let's give it a go. It's probably eleven ninety nine, or something. Sure. Uh, I think I watched it soon after I got it. Probably 2015? I hope so. How many times, and this happens to me, I'm curious on your end, how many times do you buy the movie? And then it's weeks, sometimes months, maybe even years, until you actually watch the thing. I still have some that are still in the packaging. I do too. I actually, I'm not on the wrapper. I'm always very good about taking them out of the wrapper. But there's a few that I've bought and thinking I am ready for this movie right now. It's a good price. It's a good time, and then I just don't watch it <laughs> for some reason. And yeah. sometimes they come off the shelves. Sometimes they don't yet. But I find it curious that you're like, well, I'm willing to spend X amount of dollars on this thing in this yeah. moment. But why do why I not? I, want why it? would I think of watching? <laughs> you're, you're coming. This is coming from. I'm the guy who bought Guns of Navarone. Navarone. Yes, twice. It's true. Both in its packaging. Yeah. So, so I so I'll, I'll bring a, a copy for you <laughs> uh, once you make me an offer. I thought this week I would better bring a man who is slim, smart, and graceful. Uh, we don't want. I've been receiving a lot of hate mail uh, all week about Chris Farley. Oh wow. Yeah. So I've been covering for you the best I can, but they're you know. <laughs> The fans, they're, they're speaking. They want blood. <laughs> they're looking for blood. They want and blood. And a Twinkie. Yeah. <laughs> David called himself. But anyways, uh, so I thought I'd better uh, switch gears this week and bring... And a movie that I uh, 
remember like surprising being surprised by i was i was caught off guard oh i wow i think i really kind of like this movie so i thought well this is a perfect um forum sure to this is what we do this is what we do revisit it 10 years later and say well how do i feel this time and i'll tell you soon (laughs) but before i tell you phil this is your first viewing 100 percent, yeah i'm on a roll here uh bringing movies off the shelf that you haven't seen i think that's three or four in a row yeah so that's um how'd we do (laughs) how'd i do this week well, this is one of those things. This is actually part of why, I mean, I both like and dislike uh, doing the podcast with you. You know, we have an example of the, the last movie you chose as being not my finest hour. Uh, no. I brought a lot of hate to that episode. It's not, <laughs> uh, it's not, it's not a comfort zone for me. But uh, at the same time, this is a movie that I have barely remembered when you mentioned it last week. I, I had no frame of reference for it. For even existing. For even existing. Wow. I, the title sort of sounded vaguely familiar. As I said, I thought it was a Dennis Quaid movie um, for some reason. <laughs> um, but then I – so I watched it and remembered at that point, I remembered the box. I, I, I sort of remembered seeing the 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 box. And I stopped working at the video store in 2011. So, yeah, you were fired, were you not? Well, I, I like to, you know, like to say they they just moved on from yeah. <laughs> the video Irre- store irreconcilable in general. differences. That's right. No, I yeah. kid, we kid, we kid, we we got we got shut down. Yeah, shut down. Yeah, yeah, in the cold heart of February twenty eleven. February. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you still do you still see in your mind the pictures the the, the DVD cases one hundred percent like the Robin Hood member with sure. Russell Crowe. Yes, absolutely. Uh, There's a many many images that are sort of stuck in that which is why yeah uh my brain as i was watching this i immediately kind of thought of that box art for some reason because i was like oh gyllenhaal that's right and then i kind of had the vision of the the box i would have just started around then 2011 i started in 2010 or 2011 and i don't remember this one on the wall oddly enough i don't remember it either but i think that i don't remember seeing it on the shelf specifically but i remember the poster i remember just the images around this movie so I've always been a poster fan, uh, and obviously working at the video store, you have uh, tons of videos to choose from. And, uh, I don't see any posters in here. Well, I mean, there's... <laughs> I'm a poster guy. I as have, I look around, there's some I photos. Don't, I don't like to personalize uh, an apartment, but I, I have an yeah. entire three boxes of movie posters that I've picked up over the years that I'm just waiting for the appropriate... Time to throw them out. ...space yeah. oh. <laughs> to, uh, to, to mount them. Uh, it's one of my bigger regrets, actually, not not sort of being more committed to them because I think there's some really good ones in there, uh, spanning now over 20 years of, of of you know bringing them in. But that's another another podcast, <laughs> another episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I had never seen this movie before; I had barely remembered it, and I was just like yourself, very kind of pleasantly surprised. I had no idea really what to expect, and there were a few times in the movie where I it subverted my expectation, let's say, went a different way than I thought it was going to for this type yeah, of movie. You can see that. But I will say that, just on, uh, first and foremost, uh, I had no idea that it was directed by Duncan Jones. Now, he I was familiar with because I watched... Uh, or what? Moon. Yeah, Moon. Sorry, I said The Moon. It's just Moon, right? Moon with... Uh, with your guy, Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Yeah, you're a big And it fan. was, I thought, a really incredible yeah. movie back when I Got first good saw reviews, it. Good uh, reviews, um, it seems. I loved it. And I honestly didn't really, th- I didn't know of this movie, but 
but I, I knew that he had done the the video the movie remake of the Warcraft movie. Now I yeah. had no interest in Warcraft because I don't care about Warcraft, but um, it was that was I saw his name attached to that movie years later, and I kind of was like, oh, this guy's a hack, like not a hack maybe, but yeah, just it sort of it didn't so yeah, it, like it yeah. just I was really pleased. One of the things I liked about Moon was its simplicity, was its sort of quiet nature, was its you know it, it had special effects, but it wasn't dependent upon it and so forth. And the story was really at its core a pretty uh, a pretty good one. So. When I saw his name attached to Warcraft years later, I was like, "Oh, too bad about Duncan Jones." Just and I, I hadn't really followed up with him at all. And in between, he had directed this movie. It turns out, so uh, I was really quite impressed by it. Generally speaking, uh, some faults here and there, but I, I was really quite uh, taken with it pretty quickly. That's good. Okay, I'm glad and to hear that. Uh. I think it's interesting. You know, one of the things that that you know, this this type of movie. I didn't know what I was getting into. As I said, I, we, we've talked before. I don't listen to, to trailers or I don't watch, you know, uh, read reviews, this and that. I try and go in as cold as, and clean as possible. So I had no idea what the concept of this movie was. Yeah. I like that about you. And then yeah. as I'm watching it, particularly in those early scenes, I was thinking to myself, well, this is like a uh, quantum leap. Yeah, sort of. I, I really was like, this is, this is like an episode of quantum leap. Yeah, I got a funny note on that. Um, Great. Do you want to share it now, or do you want to get to it later? Well, dad's vo- the dad's voice is Scott Bakula. Oh, I did not know that. I know. I didn't think you did. I did not See, know I'm, that. There it is. Research. I'm <laughs> changing. I'm turning over a new leaf. Wow. I, I did some some fact checking. No, I just. It, well, it, I mean, I take your word for it. I am not going to fact check. So if you say it's Scott Bakula, it's Scott Bakula as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's Brian Mead. I am Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was just sort of reading up on it, and mm-hmm. they made some comparisons to like like you just said. Yeah. And then and they said, well, Scott Bakula did the voice, and he said something that he says in the show. Well, he says, oh, boy, at some that's point. It, yeah. And that's the that's the tag from that show. Yeah. And I used to love that show when I was younger. So It's a great show. So in watching this sort of early scenes, trying to figure out kind of what the movie is I'm watching, yeah. uh, I got a kick out of that. But, I mean, this is a story that's been – this type of story has been done for years and years and years and years. I mean, just a, a, off the top of my head, I came up with you know something obviously like – Quantum Leap is a show, mm-hmm. but we got Groundhog Day, Twelve Monkeys, uh, a couple great examples there. Yeah, we had. Uh, That's it. The Edge of Tomorrow <laughs> was another one. Oh, uh, I still haven't seen that yet. With uh, Tom you know, Cruise, Tom yeah, Cruise. Yeah. yeah. So Cruise those are really three, good, three yeah. or four movies there that that all kind of follow this similar. Uh, uh, the years and years later, Mulligan. Did they should just call it Mulligan. <laughs> Let's do this one again. Uh, they just did a a, a whole. Happy Death Day, uh, the Blumhouse horror movies have done something like that, where it's basically something similar to this story, but in a horror context. So I kind of was impressed by how engaging, even though that this type of story uh, has been around, I was impressed by how this movie kind of put it together and structured it, and as I said, kind of played with some of the tropes. So uh, my initial feelings were that this was a really solid movie, and I was impressed because, Dave, you really let me down a couple weeks ago with the, uh, I, I won't even mention the name. I don't think I let you down. I think, in a way, you let yourself down. <laughs> That's okay. one way to look at it. Uh, anyway, it's my, uh, angle. It's my I, angle. For a movie that we've talked about, where you've presented a few that I hadn't seen before. Uh, last week was a was a or last time. Sorry, was a real low point. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was a real nice, fresh surprise because I never would have really watched sure, this yeah. movie, and I was really, really well, pleased by it. We did presumed innocent. 
So sure. I, I have you on the, a roller coaster you really ride. Are. You really are. So in a Take couple me on a weeks, journey. It's going to suck for you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> you know. That's uh, heartwarming. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, well, I'm glad you liked it. I, I have to say, and it, um, you mentioned we were talking mm. before that you had watched it a, a few times in preparation, and I appreciate I watched it eight that. minutes at a time. What's that? So I watched it eight minutes at a time. Yeah, so that's that not was... even funny. I, mean, like, <laughs> I, I tried to fit in an eight-minute joke, and I gave up because nothing was working. Oh, yeah. I had all these papers crumpled up in the corner because I couldn't come up with a good eight-minute joke. <laughs> and um, it just flowed off my tongue just like that. It was that easy. I got eight-second jokes, but I don't have any eight-minute jokes, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I Your wa- wife wa- does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but having me watched it for my second time, I have to say... I was surprisingly disappointed a bit with my second viewing. I think this is a movie where you watch it for the first time. It can grip you and grab you and take you in, in directions you weren't, you didn't know where it was going to go. Sure. And it kind of has you on the edge of your seat sort of thing. And I, knowing what was going to happen, knowing stuff, I think it did hurt a little bit the rewatch on this one. And I remember enjoying it the first time, but... I don't know. I was a little bit let down watching again, just sort of knowing what was going to happen because there's some interesting uh, twists and turns in this. Yeah. So I think it kind of lost some of its zest for me for this. Maybe I'm just being, uh, you know, a jerk. I don't know. Maybe. Well, just... it's an interesting thing. We've talked about this obviously because the, the nature the nature of this podcast, in many ways, is at least one of us more often than not is rewatching something. Yeah. Uh, if we if we're lucky, you know, one sees it for the first time, but but often it's one or both of us revisiting a movie. And we've talked before about how the power of some movies uh, dissipates occasionally if you yeah. if you watch it too often or or, or you're whatever. one and dones. Um, yeah, and but some like Day After Tomorrow, which are, barely we, a one. Well, we 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 agree that it has a, many faults, yeah. uh, uh, but it has a movie. It's a movie that people tend to revisit. Yeah, people like it's on the background, this and that. So it's just interesting to me that argument because I wonder, you know, I like the principle of the podcast and some of the things we talk about. Is it something that is worth staying on the shelf to rewatch and rewatch and rewatch? However, I wonder if we're rewatching it, does that, are we being too hard on it or Mm. whatever, as we've obviously experienced with with the private Ryan of it all. (laughs) Which was yeah. does it does the fact the that PR it be, effect, yeah. does the does it fact does the factor that does the fact that we're not able to enjoy it as much the first or the sorry the second the third the fourth fifth and so on does that mean it's a not a great movie should all movies be made to be, to be evergreen you know and and, yeah. and and I wonder if somehow in sometimes and I'm guilty of this as well if we're harder on a movie because it doesn't sustain after forty years of being <laughs> rewatchable. Sure, yeah. Um, and, we, and we're doing it under a microscope, doing the, this podcast a little bit too. We're a little more analytical, maybe, and sure. trying to maybe go out of our way, or out of my way, to find problems. <laughs> yeah, maybe on some level. I don't that, think I do, but sometimes. Yeah, so I just, just think it's an appear. interesting thought experiment to sort of, you know, in a vacuum, do these movies are they better? Are we being too hard on them because they're not holding up to something like you know? French Connection was one where again you had heard about it for so often, so much, and now you're watching it and mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a bit of a letdown. Well, it's a letdown in part because we've already, you've already kind of established this whole other metric to gauge it and to to judge it. And in this instance, if you like, I like this movie 
15 years ago or 20 years ago or 10 sure. years ago. Yeah. But it doesn't, it's not as good as it was 10 years ago. It's not that good. You know, I've got problems with it. I wonder if uh, we're being a little harsh. So, yeah, it could be d- different factors. Could be um, things, obviously, like wine, age sure. better. But we talk about replayability. You said the word vacuum. Yeah. That word seems to be often played regularly now. I had never heard the term in a vacuum oh. until maybe three, four years ago. Interesting. And now it pops up all the time. Kind of like gaslight. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it's an interesting thing, and I don't like the fact I'm hearing it all the time, and I don't think it's playing well. The oh, vac- in you're a not vacuum. connecting to it? Maybe because I don't get it. What's that have to do with the Dyson? Maybe I don't, because you're living in a vacuum. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know. I know some spiders are because I, I got a lot of spider problems in my basement and they're living in my vacuum because I suck them up. Interesting. I Interesting. feel kind of bad about that sometimes. <laughs> you know what? They didn't do nothing to me. No. That In fact, they're very handy to have around the house. They are. I feel guilty with killing just insects sometimes. But. Yeah. Anyways, I don't get too off it's topic like a, a here. a bad Twilight Zone episode. You're going to turn into an insect at some point. Or yeah. an excellent Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. Oh, yeah. I've heard great which, things. Uh, we might deal with. No, later. we won't. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I think I think it is a combination of things. And uh, But I think at the end of the day, uh, it's um, I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed the watch. That, tell, that reassures me that my first viewing wasn't a fluke. Sure. No, like, absolutely. There's something would... in this movie, and, and people seem to generally like the film, as I when I read a few things, reviews afterwards. Yeah, so. I think that's interesting. But I just go back to the other point, because I, we were just saying about re- replayability and so forth, where I, and how this movie, in, in your instance, may have lost some of its luster in the, in the intervening years. Contrary to that point, we watched Tommy Boy mm-hmm. uh, two weeks ago, and that, and that for me. you you had a different emotional connection. So maybe it's because you watched that movie ten years ago. Uh, 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 you can do it. The source, source code, code ten years ago and felt that's ah, a pretty good movie. Whereas Tommy Boy, you watched thirty years ago or twenty five years ago, and it's full of emotionality. You know, you're 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 maybe more emotionally connected to it, which is why maybe it holds up more now. That, yeah. Anyway. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, to in, say? in a vacuum. I mean, <laughs> in a vacuum, anything plays. Yeah, dust bunnies, what have you. Uh, well, let's get into the film itself. Uh, now, um, Jake, obviously, is the main guy. There's not a whole lot of, of characters here that we need to get into, so it's going to be Jake's show. We have Michelle Monaghan, I think, yep. if I'm saying that correctly. Yep. And we have... She's uh, excellent in uh, True Detective, uh, season one. Also, she's really good in uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Okay. She's Cruz's uh, Mission Impossible, Cruz's wife, I think. I've never the... seen a Mission Impossible. Okay, uh, well... Uh, after okay. part one, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, outside of those two, we also have uh, Vera F- Firminga. Yep. She's also in the commuter, which I saw. So she has a thing with trains. Uh, okay. But this one, she's not on the train. No. Uh, in no. commuter, I don't know if you've seen with Liam Neeson. No, uh, I've never seen that. She's on it. Uh, she's in Up in the Air. She also has a thing for planes, it turns out, because she's also in Up in the Air, which is okay. another movie I love, and she's great in it. Well, maybe we'll see her in an automobile sometime. Uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Wright. Fantastic is, actor. Yeah, we're, we're well aware of, of yeah. him. He's great in a little movie that maybe no one's really... I shouldn't say nobody, but very few people have seen, I believe, called Ride with the Devil. He plays a, a slave in a Civil War era Ang Lee movie with Tobey Maguire and Jewel. Uh, oh, okay. But he's in that. It's probably one of the first places I ever noticed him. It's probably 98-ish, um, uh, maybe 99, I'm not positive. But in that era, first time I probably noticed him. But he's, he's excellent in everything he does. 
Yeah, he's one of Nolan's guys too. Typically shows up in Oh uh, yes, in, sure. Interstellar. He, he was in Westworld, right? Westworld, yeah. Which he was in the um, uh, recently. He was in the new Batman movie. Uh, he plays Commissioner Gordon. Oh really? Yeah, he's okay. excellent in that too. Yeah, so uh, he's typically an interesting character. Yeah, I think he's a great actor. He's in Syriana as well. He's just he's always playing really good stuff. And that's the main guy. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll talk a little bit. Like for eight seconds, we'll talk about Russell Peters. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, um, that's your crew. So it, it is Jake's show. I think for, for it's very much a star part. vehicle for him. Absolutely, because yeah. every other actor maybe has their moments, but isn't really. The movie yeah. isn't hinged upon them at all. Tell me your initial thoughts as a new time uh, viewer of, mm-hmm. of the film, because the way it starts is a little uh, what's abrupt. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. Because it starts right on the train as him sort of. Yeah. And a, a funny note on that is the director, uh, Jones, had to put a, a earbud in his ear and would play music randomly. Oh, to, like uh, to make him, him to make him feel disoriented oh, and get get a look on his face. Maybe he's just not a very good actor. He can't do it on his own, so he needs a little help. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, but yeah, he's just a fun, funny note. He would just randomly or static or something just to sure. throw him off and have him that look of well, that brings confusion. Or, before we get into the my answer to that to that question, that brings to mind a, a story about uh, Lawrence Olivier and Dustin. Sounds Hoffman. like you're stalling, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin Hoffman in Marathon Man apparently is putting on an accent. He's trying to do. He's running every day. He's he's creating this character where he's got all the mannerisms and and language ticks and so forth. He's trying to create a character, and as a result, he's running miles and miles and miles every day. He shows up on set and he's ready to go. And uh, Lawrence Olivier just takes him aside and says, "You know, why don't you just try acting?" <laughs> you don't have to be this guy that runs marathons every sure, day. Yeah, you could just uh, act. So something like uh, uh, Hall needing an earpiece or whatever, it's sort of like, well, just try acting. You'll be fine. Just pretend like you're yeah, hearing something. You can, do this. You, can do this. you can do it. I believe in you. Uh, short answer, <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was really compelling. I thought it was a little faint, but I fortunately kind of cranked the volume a little bit. Good. And there's sense right at the very beginning of – the sounds of war, the sounds of a helicopter, it's very faint, and then it wakes up. And I, I, I thought, again, not knowing what the movie is about to be, I thought, oh, this guy's got some PTSD or something like that. And at first, I didn't even recognize it. I was like, is that a helicopter? Like, it yeah. kind of sounded like that. Gunshots, helicopter sounds, so forth. So when Good he ear, woke, Phil. Good ear, buddy. So when he woke up, I was sort of like, oh, okay, this is, this is that story. Maybe this is what we're watching. And... I thought he played disoriented incredibly well. He's got the earbud. Exactly. Turns out, <laughs> uh, I thought he. I thought to your point earlier. I thought he looked great. He was looking That's real sharp, and uh, but I thought it that moved. whole it moved. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that whole sort of first couple of minutes of trying to set the scene and so forth, and his disoriented look and his his paranoia in weird ways and where the hell am I? Curiosity am I? and the. The, you get the sense of the sort of sequence of events that are happening. They spill the, the coffee on his yeah. shoe. Like, I'm, I'm not, whatever his character's name was, I'm not him. Yeah. Why are you keep saying, you know, yeah, this you and that. that name? Yeah. So all of those things leading into him running to the bathroom and looking in the window, and he's even looking in the window at the train, and he sort of sees a reflection that isn't him. And so the whole thing I thought was really economical. I thought very, very quickly sets the scene. And again, cuts down to the bathroom, and he sort of sees his picture first on you know full on full on quantum leap there yeah buddy. Right, exactly right in the classic <laughs> you know hand up in the in the in the window and so forth all those tropes kind of came through but i thought really engaging really quickly and 
you know, Michelle Monaghan's got a pretty smile too. So yeah. it's not a it's not a bad introduction a, to that character either. Just a cute, either. just a warm yeah. sort of. Yeah, really yeah, cute. Nothing like a stunner. Yeah. Not like oh my god, but but definitely a yeah. real warmth coming from her for sure. Not so, a femme fatale like we had a few weeks ago. No, certainly not. <laughs> um, but I, I kind of really enjoyed how kind of quickly it sets the scene of confusion and 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 curiosity yeah. and stuff like that let's get right down to business sort of and mm-hmm. uh yeah I mean, and then obviously culminating in 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 the big explosion yeah which again which, i had no idea that that again I, I didn't know what was happening yeah. right obviously they're not killing off exactly i'm not an idiot to yeah. know that like this the movie's over in, yeah. in two minutes debatable <laughs> um but but there is that feeling of oh oh okay and then he's in a capsule all of a sudden so yeah it's a real change right away but i was really taken by it i was like oh okay this is what is this now i Uh, really found the capsule scenes very capturing and i thought that obviously now that we've seen the movie yeah i thought that was a good choice of imagery to put him in where obviously he's not actually in yeah. the capsule. I thought, well, that's a good choice. Sure. Uh, I, as far as I knew, I think part of the reason why I enjoyed my first watch so much is I had no idea. Yeah. Until towards the end, I thought he was in a capsule. Yeah. And, and, and I thought, even though he was somewhere completely else, it really made me think that that's possible. Like, it was a good choice to project that image sure. of, of all, the, all the options like how we he's actually just inside his own brain or whatever yeah. it may be and this is what we're going to use I'm like yeah okay good good interesting choice because uh, obviously he was part of the military yep so it, it uh, made sense to him sure uh, that's how he oh, he created right he yeah, kind of fabricated he, on some yeah. level right yeah so i thought that was interesting and it introduced um vera uh, yeah yeah i kind of thought the same i was i one of the things i like about this movie in particular is it doesn't really tip its hand so when the revelations happen and there aren't aren't like a ton of them but as they happen and as they unfold they all feel to your point maybe realistic isn't exactly the right word but authentic feels legitimate feels earned feels compelling and there were times when not so much in the capsule scenes but on the train where i think I'm ahead of the movie. Oh, that is the guy, or this is the scene, or that's the thing. Sure, yeah. And the movie doesn't, it kind of cuts me off every time I'm trying to get ahead of it a little bit. Serves you right. Well, I just think, you know, it just human just nature. enjoy the ride, buddy. Well, I, I am <laughs> trying. Um, but, like, that's a movie, again, because it's there's traces of Quantum Leap and 12 Monkeys and Groundhog Day and, and Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. There's, there's these... Histor- history of movies that sort of take what I felt at the time was like a similar angle. And so when this movie doesn't go in that angle or this angle or that angle, I'm, oh, okay. You know, I'm kind of allowing it to live on its own merits. It wasn't enough to take me out of the movie. And again, I wasn't racing to get ahead of it, but I just, I'm playing the game of, okay, I see. And then, oh, wait, it's something different. Not huge revelations, but those subtle things yeah. along the way, I thought took me in a different direction and i think part of the reason why my my enjoyment level was a little bit different this time because i wanted a different eight minutes this time i've sure. seen those sections of eight minutes when i first watched it and like you're sort of saying oh i thought this was going to happen or, or or this and i thought well this would be kind of cool i want him to do something else for this eight minute trip something i haven't seen before because that's it lends to that yeah 
like your experience. Uh, so I want that. So I want different sets of eight minutes, which obviously isn't written into the script. Clearly. I'm like, oh, well, they could have done this. They could have done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know that I'm kind of stuck on those rails. Sure. Uh, where this where this movie is going. Yep. And maybe it, it hurt me a little bit and just to enjoy the movie as it was intended or how it was written. So. Gotcha. Could be something along those lines. That's fair. If I want to dig a bit, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I kind of thought one of the things I thought performance-wise, but also in terms of again setting the setting the scene when he's in the capsule that first time and he's meeting Vera and they're going through that sort of debriefing kind of protocol. Yeah, he wants answers. Too. He's looking for answers. He's looking for them in that military way. You owe me the you know, I need a debrief. He kind of references Where's my later. Team? Where's yeah. my team? What's going on? Last thing I remember, I was in a helicopter. Now yeah. I'm in a train. He now wants I'm to be here. debriefed. Yeah, he's looking for all these kinds of things. And I like that she and she, repeats it. I, I really strangely for a character that doesn't have a ton of uh, things to do. Obviously, she's a talking head Vera, for much yeah, of Vera's yeah. character. Um, but I like particularly those early scenes where she you, subtly is covering up her name badge. And Goodwin, she's, I think. She's just sort yeah. of trying to get him to declutter his brain, like deprogram a, a little bit and say, like, initiate the... And I really was impressed by him in that role, in that performance as well, where he's disoriented and confused and frustrated and anger, angry, and yet... When she puts him into the protocol of the memory aids or the, you know, the the sequence of the cards, she reads him the story, like all of these things, and he just locks into that. Uh-huh. I really like that. He's just like yeah. king, uh, two nines, a three, you know, like right, like logs right into it. You know, I thought yeah. that's a th- that performance. I thought was really. Yeah. She's well trained too. She knows her shit. Well, she just doesn't mess around either. You know, yeah. and, and anytime he's asking, that's irrelevant. Just move on. Like you know, and I yeah, just really like their those dynamics, mm-hmm. and I like that he how he, and then initially how he plays it, and obviously as the movie goes on, he gets you know different character beats and so forth. But I just that initial meeting. So again, we've got the train right away. I'm liking how it's disorienting. I'm liking I'm liking kind of in general the vibe of it. Yeah, and then cutting into this mo- module, this capsule, which. Again, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. So I'm just as kind of disoriented as, yeah, as him. Yeah, where is he? Like he's what, somewhere. What, where is he now? Up north right? or like, yeah. who knows? And then throw in that scene, putting it together, and she's trying to work with him to get him kind of his mind focused on, on the task at hand and starts revealing a little bit of what the the mission is, let's say. Did you get you know, what did you find the bomb? You know, like, what are you talking you know, like what are you even what are you asking me, right? I liked all of that. I really thought it set the scene really well. Yeah, I the, the, I think the dialogue they went with for that relationship between those two seemed very right on right on the point like it seemed like he was getting frustrated to the right level yep and she was able to calm him down a little bit give him a little bit of information yes calm him down and then he would cooperate i guess and then if she needed to give him a little more information she might have to ask her manager (laughs) Uh, he's you know sort of he needs i gotta give him something that's right so i think how they played that all out yeah yeah. so how they played that out really felt genuine really felt that's that's exactly how that should uh, that should pan out. So I, w- I was impressed with all that, uh, the dialogue yeah. and, and the performances. Again, revealing really just a little bit to the audience as well as the characters. Yeah. And then... Yeah, we're, we're Jake sort of too in that sort a of... A little bit. We don't know what the, what's, going know what's going on. And then throws them right back in. So yeah. the second visit now, it's... He's got the mission, like find the bomb at least. Yeah. He knows that there's... 
He's got more of a purpose. Like he's got. Well, more, yeah, I know why I'm here. Exactly. Yeah. Has some sort of direction. And I thought. So screw, but I know what I'm here for. <laughs> Gotta get exactly. the bomb. Where's so he finds the bomb now, get but he still thinks it's a simulation. He still thinks that it's a sort of a thing. So I think at this point he's sort of uh, talking almost out loud, right? Do hey, you want me to unplug this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to leave it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and I thought, sure. okay, that's – again, if you're thinking it's a simulation, you're waiting for instruction while you're there. You, yeah. You're only getting a little piece of the story. It seems semi. It would seem like um, a simulation. It kind of allows for that stuff. And then he kind of busts on – Russell Peters, who has rightfully so, yeah, um, he annoyed me, <laughs> and then like why. beats the crap out of uh, or suspects it's the like it's like the, the business guy or something like that, yeah, like kind of attitude with the, the Bluetooth, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> 2011. Was that the second trip already? Yeah, quick, yeah, and then he punches him in the jaw. Okay, and then something it ends basically. I got my trips kind of all blended together, like two, three, and That's four. Right. It blows up. <laughs> With him saying there's not going to be a next time. Yeah. So he's just in, again, this bit of a free fall. He's sort of, okay, well, this is just a simulation. There's not going to be a next time. He's angry. He's kind of frustrated at, at the situation and so forth. Again, I kind of thought um, there's, you know, there's not a lot necessarily that happens in that s- level of time, but you do see an incremental change in his, not only his performance, but in his actions and attitude and, attitude or, and, and yeah. the way in which he interacts and so forth, he's suspicious, but he's he's cautious. And there's a lot of layers to sort of how that's performed. And I think that's one of the things I'm captivated by this movie in The Watch was the modular kind of differences in performance as the story kind of goes on and on. And, and so yeah. while it's he not a revelation himself. in this second visit, but I did also get a kick out of the blowing up. There isn't going to be next time. And ironically, yeah. there's a few there's more times. Time. There's a few there's, more times. Yeah, yeah. Unlimited, potentially. That's right. God bless the source code, eh? I'm going to love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have anything particular on? Uh, no, I mean, as I say, the, the, the midsection, uh, it, it, it amped, up, uh, amped up sorry, enough uh, each time, uh, especially the part where, I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but visit number five or six. Sure. Well, we're going to go to three first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at this point, yes. uh, no, it's, again, I'm trying, I'm, I'm recalling some of them. I, I, I didn't remember everything about my, my first watch. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I took notes. notes. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time ago that I, but I'm, I don't know, at the time, oh, like, sorry, I'm yes. thinking of, of the movies. Like, oh, okay. What, what, what happens next? Obviously. Now, we see pretty early on, we see one of the characters, one of the passengers, get off. Yes. Right? Yeah, we see a few of them. But I think the camera lends to one specifically who ultimately... You think it tips his hand? I think it tips his hand a little bit. I did not see a tip hand. Because the character, the passenger, look kind of looks back. Like there's a look, a look back. Well, right? because they're asked, he says, hey, buddy, you forgot your wallet. So That's if you're saying, hey, buddy, you're going to look behind you. That's the hand tipping. Because I think... Basically, what my argument to that is because I thought the same, but it does a pretty good job. I thought of introducing you've got the guy with the the ear like clue, like a game of clue, like it could be him or it could be him. Like we're well, suspicious. It's, it's trying to give you this sense. She, yeah. He's looking around. I just think he's a little bit stronger than like it's the guy that got off because he obviously he's not going to blow himself up. 
I think that's my argument. Yeah, but I think you're watching that through ten years ago. Well, that's lenses, what I'm asking. I'm I don't. Asking. I don't. I don't think that the tips. It doesn't tip in my estimation the way I watched it. It didn't tip him any more than the guy with the bike, than the guy on okay. the phone, than the college kid over there. Because that's the stuff that they set up at that first time when he's looking around. He's seeing all the potential uh, suspects. Let's say. Of it could be the red herring too. Well, they're like, all one of them's a red yeah. head, and, and so so maybe that's part of it too. But I think there's like it, I thought it does a pretty good job of setting it up that you don't really know who it is. In fact, they even kind of say things like they wouldn't put the doer in front of me, right? Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. like, "What?" And and he's just like, "Oh, you're too pretty. You know, the pretty girl. You're yeah, the distraction. Course. You're not the thing." And so when you're looking is that at trip it, three, it's a bit like yeah, it's a bit like it's a bit like how I'm watching the movie, which is to say, is she the guy? Is she, you know, and then he even asked in that third trip, a little whodunit. Uh, yeah. Did you see anybody get out of the bathroom? And she says, well, you get, you yeah. did. And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. this is going to be one of those kind of things where like in 12 Monkeys, it turns out like, yeah. oh, he's the guy the whole time or whatever yeah, else. Real mind fuck, yeah. There's all this sort of stuff. And so. That would have been interesting. Uh, again, they drop those kind of hints. So, again, I don't think there's anything that tips to, to the guy getting off the train because they also have sure. the other guy that he beats the shit out of the, at the end of the second trip I knew or the third him. trip. I knew it wasn't him. Uh, no, and that's why I'm asking because I, I think it might have been a product of, of knowing the film. I think there is that possibility it's him, but because I know it's him, even though there's other ones that could be sure. it. So, yeah, yeah. I, I get that. That's my guess anyway. But, like, so the, the third trip he's sort of now trying to figure out now he's got a mission. He's got to find out who's now. Yeah, it's, he found the bomb. Now he's trying to find out who set the bomb, and he's asking the the ticket guy, "You haven't seen anything strange? Anything? Anybody strange out there?" And he just leads in, very quiet. You're a little strange. Uh, yeah, I thought that's a, a in a moment in a movie that doesn't have a ton of comedy, like uh, despite having Russell Peters in there. Uh, it, <laughs> that's it, why it wasn't funny. Why, um, I thought that was a really kind of a funny line because the more paranoid you start to act then the more paranoid you are, right? And there's yeah, that the, was the funny line. I mean, there's some little bit of nice banter between sure. him and uh, and Michelle. Is it Michelle? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but outside of Christina, that, Christina, yeah. I believe. Christina. That sounds right. But um, yeah, I just I kind of thought it was kind of cute. And at that point, now he's kind of in a more aggro mood. He's trying to be more proactive. And so at this point, he watches the guy come out. With food, food poisoning, we find out later, or uh, sorry, motion sickness. Yeah, he follows him outside. But follows him outside, yeah. grabs his briefcase. Give me your phone. Where is it? Give, Give me, me your yeah. phone. Right, he's he's full on. He's and she and determined. she even calls it out, which I kind of liked as well. The racial profiling. Oh, now you're you know just because this guy's dark skinned, he must be. And they kind of play the trope a little bit. Again, I I, uh, I respect both feeding the trope. It's like, oh, you have to have it, you know. There's some, there's some, there's that argument, but then also playing with the trope and uh, acknowledging it and kind of twisting yeah. it and subverting it. And I like that, frankly, uh, the way in which he just dies, or we're led <laughs> to believe he dies uh, on the train tracks. Yeah, I thought uh, I liked that. I thought that whole scene I thought was pretty good. Well, it's like I'm thinking to myself as I'm watching this. Okay, well, he's he's off the train. Well, how do they bring him back? Because he's not going to be part of the explosion. Yeah. So he gets hit by the train. Yeah. But really, that didn't matter because they took him back eight later. Minutes, after, yeah, it's just yeah. eight minutes and you're gone. So it doesn't really matter where you are. You could be halfway to wherever. Yeah. And then, in fact, they're in Montreal for a lot of this on the soundstage. Oh, interesting. In Montreal, yeah. So that was I did. I did read 
that they were supposed to be shot in Ottawa. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, that they were hoping to shoot it at the Rio Rail uh, train station here in Ottawa. But uh, well, I know they had to make pull an audible, and that's why um, the scene with the white van mm-hmm. towards the end was a lot of um, what was inside the van was all um, they used a term for it, VFX. Yeah, visual effects. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the V stands for visual. Yeah. Okay, I guess I'm just used to CGI. Anyway, so yeah, so that might have been maybe that was that. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, there was one little bit of research I did. Yeah. uh, Was that it was supposed to be shot in Ottawa? Yeah, there was terms that changed at the last minute for a set, and that Mm might have been it. Yeah, Yeah, interesting. Cool. So, uh, nothing fun happens in Ottawa. No, no, (laughs) remove that. Once they once he dies on the train, he comes back, and now he's in this. Which I didn't fully understand, but the module is now is freezing in the and the and the the connection to her yeah. is lost. I didn't really understand if it as it turns out later it is a construct. I wondered how it can be manipulated like that. Uh, I didn't think too much of it, like in the moment to try and like figure it out. It just yeah. struck me as odd when a, if the whole thing is sort of created in his mind or presented in a way from them. Wondered why that connection was maybe broken, and maybe because he was off the track. Like, I don't know. This is there's no reason I could think of to make it. I like that it happened. I just didn't really get it. Yeah, I think. Well, we obviously at that point we still don't know everything. Yeah, and I think it's got something to do with his his brain neurons connections or such. Uh, is is the, the basically source code isn't working? Yes, it's starting to maybe sure. you know they're losing the connection. And, Could be and might lose it, but somehow. They're able to bring him back. I yeah, guess. that may be it. Like, yeah, just something as simple as that. And by them bringing him back or and telling him, "Hey, for things are getting fixed," he knows to fix yeah. whatever he needs to fix. It it is obviously this is not far fetched. Obviously, it is. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, you got to go with it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I didn't find it off putting. Like I said, I just sort of. I actually I like that scene. I, thought, I really I like because at that point I'm like, what the. F- is going on here? Yeah. Where is this guy? Yeah, and, and I, I'm worried about Jake. Yeah, you know. So and why? Yeah, right? and I, and they keep repeating over and over again. He's like, I saved her, and he and she just keeps. He pound- doesn't get it. They both <laughs> pounded into him basically, like it's all irrelevant. Anything outside the yeah. bomb does, does not, not matter. matter. You don't understand. And he's saying, No, no, but I saved her. I got off the train, and they're like, It doesn't matter. Stay focused on the mission. Focus on the mission. You only have eight minutes. Like they start again, revealing a little bit of what this thing source code. Yeah, who's uh, your manager? Who's your, who's your yeah, boss? I want to talk to him. Exactly. So there, it's about 30 minutes into the movie. And we've already had a couple of trips. Eight times three, 24. So. T- yeah, sure. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was Matt, timing all Matt, these out. Math is your friend. My wife did mention, I think it's like, I think it's been eight minutes. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's like the last one or the second last one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that last one maybe is, is a little bit more. But, but, went in overtime. But, the, <laughs> but just the idea that, that they start again talking about, it, they only just start explaining kind of what's happening with the source code program using that word, which we joke before. We don't always love the use it's of okay the movie. It's okay for this one. In this instance, yeah. it's... That's literally it's, what it is. Yeah, it's the program, yeah. so forth. It's I'm like, willing to accept it. I want to get to daylight. <laughs> exactly. Tommy boy. Every yeah. every, uh, hey. every eight hey. seconds. You just get... Just let it go. Man, I can't. Right? I can't. It's too much. Um, it's been a whole week, and I can't... It's, it's been two weeks. <laughs> two even, weeks, yeah. I can't even handle it. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of like again that they're they're dropping kind of hints as to what it is. They talk about the the light, the you're turning off the light. There's an afterglow, and there's a, this like this ripple, this echo of what's happening. I was buying what he was selling at the up to that point. 
Yeah. Like I was like, okay, that's interesting. That's a that's a cool idea. That's that's interesting. This this is a movie that sat on a shelf for years. Okay. Apparently, is one of the biggest idea, one of the coolest ideas that just never came to fruition. Sure. Uh, it was on some sort of list for that. The blacklist, probably. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah so it's like the best unproduced screenplays. Yeah. Get so it was on that list, and okay. so here we go. So it's interesting. Yeah. So. I again, I, I I'm absorbing it, and I'm completely engaged by it. As I said, it. We've talked before about the suspension of disbelief. That's what movies are ultimately, and they have to live at the very least within their own logic. You you know you, you can't always. We talk about with time. Time can't exist like it does in real life because. Your movie only has two hours to tell its story, or less, or more, whatever. But but it's a finite amount of time. Yeah. So you have to cut things and put things together and make the leap that the guy did the research for the interview uh, in Frost Nixon, Frost Nixon. and bring <laughs> him back. Source uh, You just have to you have to believe it because time can't exist in the same sure. ways. And when you're dealing with science fiction, like something like Mortal Engines, you can't watch that through the the real life moments and go bullshit. Yeah, everything can't have the, tr- the city can't roll. Like if you dismiss all of the the elements that aren't explainable. Tommy can't be fat. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> then then the movie is doomed to fail. Right, you're yeah. not willing to engage in it, so forget it. Within and its own logic, I would agree. And then this scene, they're setting that up in, in the way yes. that he does that. I thought, oh, okay, I'm willing to accept what you're saying. This is a it's a time. It's not a time travel. It's a time repla- uh, redisplacement or something. You sure. Know? That part I, I was completely on board with. Realignment and, is what it was. Yeah, yes. and it sets its its parameters and yep. things. I think how I felt later in the movie is like, it's like, I'll use an analogy. Please. It's been a while. It's like the receiver caught the ball out of bounds. The ref didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about this. Please explain. <laughs> they overstepped their boundary with using their own logic and took me to a place where I thought, I don't think that works. And In they this didn't expl- scene or later? No, later. Get, okay, okay. Yeah. Explain it to me then, maybe. We'll, yeah, we'll get, maybe. We'll get more specific. We'll stew with that. Yeah, and yeah, let our, think let on it. Listeners to stew with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but at this point, yeah, I'm like, okay, that's that's neat. And I love how Dr. Rutledge, yeah. how he's speaking. Oh, he's great. And how he's just he's delivering got a great this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Jeffrey Wright's great for that yeah the way he speaks uh, yeah. is is incredible and, yeah. and great he doesn't speaker. he just delivers that every time he just speaks he's great in a uh show Board, boardwalk empire with the uh, bashemi oh he's yeah just but always want to watch that really good yeah. really good show and he's excellent in it so Wonderful. um he shows up i think season three in the- all right spoilers buddy <laughs> Cool. So we are, where, where are we at now? We're at. Uh, he's going back in for number well, this four. Well, the fourth time. Yeah. And, and fourth time's a charm. He's now kind of. Is this the confident time, or is that the next one? It's a little bit. He's 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 starting to figure it out now. Where he's like, watch out, don't spill the coffee, or you're going to spill the coffee. Yes. And he's, so he he's, starts to know what's happening, and he and he plays with the sort of the fun of this sort of like I'm. The, it's the new me. I know everything is going to happen. Yeah, and he starts to kind of play that card, and, and that's very similar to what happens in Groundhog Day. There's a sort of yeah, your phone's going to ring. It's your ex boyfriend. Yeah, don't, don't pick, pick it up. It up yeah. Ignore it. This and that. And I thought you that, have to have that in there. And his confidence ends up uh, getting him taste. Because yeah, at this point, this gun. is where he's now. Because the the again, yeah. Jeffrey Wright's character Rutledge is saying like, "I don't care. Like, you can't hurt these people. This is now like you do what you got to do. Like, whatever. <laughs> it does not matter. And they yeah. cannot keep beating it into him. Right? Like, it's all irrelevant. Just find the bomb and figure it out. Because 
you can't hurt these guys. They're dead already. Like he's so he's so nonchalant about it. This could have been a comedy, really. It could have been in a different way. <laughs> um, it's a bit like what ends up happening with Free Guy, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Is that uh, with um, Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, I never saw it's it. It's just, I just like, I don't know. You go with the kids. The kids want to see it. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Yeah, okay. uh, but this kind of like, oh, I can do anything. So like, I can just sort of free it off. Um, but I like that this, his confidence, he's got to take the gun. He wants to take the gun from, from the from the conductor of the train or what have you. And he wants to, you know, whatever. And he gets tased and put down. And then he he's ultimately he's handcuffed. And this is where we get, it's this. A little dicey. This mm. line the, this line of story, let's say, uh, a storyline, if you will. <laughs> yeah, movies, <laughs> movies have those uh, uh, Starts to basically reveal itself with the father. And now, I don't yeah. love the father-son. I was going to ask you here. Um, um, again, we're talking about tropes. It's a bit like uh, Frequency, which is another movie we referenced last week. Uh, uh, sounds like source code and has Dennis Quaid in it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but that is one that their father-son relationship is the tether to that to that movie and it's fine when it's sort of the whole plot of the movie that's frequency right that's yes integral i get that yeah it's sort of like it's the it's the it's the crux of the movie right this movie it isn't about that and so i feel like it's a bit tacked on it's a bit tacked on. maybe it is about that um yeah, so I I was, it doesn't bother me. I don't yeah, want to say I was going to ask it you how you feel a little tacked on. How you thought about that? Because I'm mixed on it. I think I said to myself, you know, I think I like that because I think. Otherwise, why? What? He's not human. Like it, well, it's, yeah, it's like, designed to humanize. I think him, I we think. need to get a little more attached to Jake's character. Yeah. Okay. More than just a service dog who's going in and doing this and getting Fair. out. Fair. No, this. He's, he, he has feelings, for God's sakes. And, you know, so. Yeah. And how would you feel? Like, he's confused. Sure. He doesn't know where, he's are, where he is. Yeah. Uh, he's in this caps, uh, capsule. Yeah. And he has this, I think he's starting to get the idea. And he wants to talk to his dad. I think it's very instinct, instinctive. Yeah. To, now, to I mean, do that. that's fair. I think, and I think it's done well enough. And it's Scott Bakula. <laughs> So. I think it. I think it's handled well enough. I, I want to be clear about that. And good dialogue. I just think, I I just think that dialogue. the inclusion of it felt a little tacked on. But as you're explaining I mean, it, I recognize it probably needs to be there. Like oh, I'm willing to kind of grant yeah, it that. It feels like it fits. It does humanize him. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe army guy with relationship with with his dad and yeah. never got to say goodbye and. Yeah, I think maybe that's it because I don't know if he knows yet that he's he didn't make it. But he does say, "What would you do if you had one minute to live?" I think he sort of knows at this point. This is and, trip five, so... And he's saying... Look at your notes. <laughs> <laughs> because at, at this point, as Rutledge explained to him, the eight-minute thing, I mean, he may have at this point. It's quite possible. Uh, uh, I think he made him. He may. I think he knows at this point, so I think that's why he... Uh, yeah, maybe. This is now... Yes, he has revealed that, so he says, I want to talk to my dad, and... He tries to explain to him that he can't really, or maybe he didn't explain that part yet. This, this, that's to say, this the whole middle section sort of sure. really kind of. Well, this is basically just says, I want to say that I'm sorry, and and he goes, and then that he breaks up again, ends up going back to the you know that this, that scene ends, doesn't solve the the crime. Right, let's say, come back again <laughs> and gets brought back tries. to the capsule, and they they. I think they, at that point, explained to him that there's no point because you're not going to get, you're not going to get me in this timeline if you call me. You're not going to get your dad because it goes to an alternative universe. 
So I think when he comes back, that's where the explanation of it doesn't matter what you say or who you call while you're on the train. It's not going to get back to this timeline. Yeah, that's in the fifth. The fifth. Is it the fifth. The fifth one. So yeah. this in between is still him confused. Okay. And they say Rutledge at this point is also saying so he's back. He's disoriented, so forth. And he says, you know, don't don't waste this. Don't squander it with thinking. Right. Just do. Like you're, you're again. You're, you're spending too much time. Yeah. Wondering and thinking about what patient. you're doing, and she is like, just do it. This will end. And that's when it first starts to hint. Once you solve this. It's over. And then he goes back in. And at this point, he's now full-on kind of rage mode. He goes into the college kids. Because yeah. he's calling the phone. And... The other guy's phone rings, happens to ring that's at the right. same time. And, and he's sort of like... He's got one of, the, one of the lines, which I really like, is the... Uh, this doesn't end well for you. Because the guy's like, hey, man, let him let him get him go. And then as he's going through the, the guy's bag... Mm-hmm. He says this guy. And he, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. Again, they're not fun, there's not funny like a lot of funny moments. He has that look on his but face. But the look of like, him kind of frantically going through this guy's bag. Yeah. And he's like he knows it's the guy. Like he feels really confident it's the guy. And then this other guy is like, "Hey man, relax." And then he, he just says, "This isn't going to end well for you." And then looks at the guy going, "This guy over here." And the <laughs> yeah. wide eyes. I don't know. That for me, I literally like I I L O L'd. Yeah, it was probably funnier than all of Tommy Boy together. It really, it's the only, it's the first time in two weeks that I've laughed. Because <laughs> <laughs> Gaslight was not really a laugh riot no, either. It was not. Um, no. But anyway, so I just really loved his performance in that. It's, it's, it's yeah, something it kind of memorable. small, but watching him kind of get more and more agitated, but also kind of almost have fun with it with this guy. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a little bit more of that actually. Uh, but it know. kind of made me laugh uh, a little bit. And this point now, he's calling Rutledge. Like he wants to get on the phone. Does your phone have internet? Like he wants to to find. That's fast. That's, they had 5G in 2011, <laughs> apparently. Use Bing. That was a darn good signal. You know, using the Bing uh, uh, web browser, which yeah. I thought was. Here, uh, here I am in 2023 getting yep. a drop call, and he's, cr- and he's calling other dimensions yeah. in 2011 <laughs> on the 5G. On Thank the, you, Rogers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but I like that. So he he's, he's calls Rutledge. He's going to try and get in touch with him. And then Christina shows up and says, Coulter's dead. I had just found it two minutes ago or something like that. Oh, yes. Right? And so finding out sure. that yeah, way, yeah. I thought, wow, that's... Yeah. That sucks, yeah, that's, dude. <laughs> that, 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 that puts a, hand, a, a little uh, yeah. dampening. And I think he plans. played that pretty well. I thought so, too. I like, thought that I whole scene the, really played well. Look in his eyes, like, this guy is just done. Like, he's exhausted. He's like, I can't believe this. So, yeah. Was, and then, obviously, then he goes back and... Has to sort of... It wants answers at this really point. really wants right? answers. Am I yeah. dead? He asks, you know, like, is this... Is this a thing? And 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 they say you're imagining all of this. Like you're not any. You know, none of this stuff. Yeah, is this is what real. you chose to. This represent is how you're your... manifesting. It's all just a manifestation of your of your of your mind of your creation. And then he describes something like uh, Rutledge does to him, reading like you're a clock. We set you. You go. We reset you. That hurts. It's really <laughs> such a. They don't have time to explain. Like, That's they, the thing. They like, they're a... really at this thing. And then he talks about how, you know, you can't contact us. And this is the first sort of mention of an interdimensionality thing, right? Where he reads, like, even if you would talk to me, it wouldn't be me. It would be a completely different version of me. And I vowed a few years ago to never watch another movie or television show or anything with a fucking multiverse 
You got a problem with Spock with a goatee? <laughs> I have a problem with all of it. You didn't like Fringe then, if you did. I never watched Fringe. Well, don't. <laughs> but I like something like... Uh, Which Leonard Nimoy, ironically, is in that. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> there you go. But the, the, yeah. the WandaVision, like the Marvel stuff... The, to me, it just what it, my bigger issue with it, and we, don't, we won't necessarily spend too much time on it, but one of the issues I have with the concept of it is there are no stakes then, and this movie kind of plays that out later, and we'll talk about it. But but if everything is fine in this dimension, like I remember watching uh, Prometheus, which was advertised as a alien prequel, and I was really excited for it. And at some point in the creation of that movie, and the writing, and the you know the, the direction, the, the release, so forth. It turned into, it's not a prequel to Alien. It's like an alternate reality version of. And it's like, well, just tell me the guy. I want the story. I don't need the alternating timeline versions of multiple of the same story over and over again. And then, yeah. obviously, Marvel got into it with like the Thanos snap and like, oh, well, there's there, you still exist in one world but not another. And then, obviously, the multiverse of, of uh, Madness, the Doctor Strange movie. And then the Spider-Man now has three Spider-Men showing up in one movie. Oh, really? See, I don't, I don't watch that shit. Yeah, exactly. well, none of it interests me either. But like, they're just selling this this thing, and and uh, the, one of the big hits of the year, which I haven't yet seen because again, I, I don't want to watch it. Although I hear it's really excellent, is Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is another multiversal yeah, I've kind heard of story. Pretty good, but yeah, I've heard the Sliding Doors too. with Sliding uh, Doors is a bit of another Paltrow. one. I've watched those are ones that I watched sort of back in their day, and I don't mind that. You could go two ways, but that didn't feel like a, it didn't feel maybe, maybe it should have, but at the time it felt like more of a novelty. And now it just feels like it's a cop out for storytelling where it's like, oh, that's okay. We're, we'll kill him in this episode, but, but next one he'll be back because he only died in this reality, mm-hmm. not in this one. We're going to tell you this story. Right? And you're like, oh, it's just, it feels really cheap to me in a cop out. And yeah. the, the idea that he now mentions, like, well, it's the other dimension. I started to maybe at this point was like, oh shit, this is what I'm watching. This is where they're out of bounds, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind it personally. I thought it kind of kept it contained enough or brought it back enough to internal reality that I was willing to kind of keep going because Go I was engaged. It, yeah. I was engaged enough throughout the way, but I did start to feel like, oh shit, is this movie going to be one of those? Mm-hmm. And it turns out, obviously, it is in the end. And and um, but I was with it enough that it didn't derail me and maybe because I didn't know going in it wasn't in the title <laughs> source code yeah. and the multiverse of blah 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 <laughs> um, I was willing I was kind of more engaged in it but at this point you kind of learn but again I kind of like the frustration that Rutledge kind of gives him which is like it doesn't matter like none of this matters you're trying to answer questions that don't need answering you know like you're, you're that aren't even being asked just find the bomb and he is He's, you know, and I like that there's this push-pull of, like, it doesn't matter. Yes. It's all irrelevant over and over again. Yeah. No, that whole dynamic with all three of them. Yeah. Uh, and she's kind of in the middle, like, playing. Exactly, uh, yeah. The, the both sides, the, yeah. the Keep it analytical calm. and the also the emotional a little bit, yeah. right? She's starting to feel for the guy. Yeah. Uh, obviously, because that, that leads us to where it takes us uh, a little bit later in the movie. Obviously, she gets this attachment to him. And, it, it, I mean, obviously, we think they're talking to each other verbally the whole time, when really they're not. Yeah. It's his his thoughts are coming through yeah. wavelengths. Or something. All the technology is kind of connecting. Yeah, those. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and but it, it, and, it, and even makes that joke later, right? The reality, like come back to reality, like the reality of you talking to a dead guy. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. Like, that's a joke. funny line of, again of acknowledging. Yeah, but that's that's certainly where where 
when they first talk about it, I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, whatever. I didn't think much of it. Yeah. And I don't think I thought much of it the first time I watched it. Sure. And then I kind of thought about the logistics of it. And like yourself, I love when you brought in this whole within its own logic yeah. ideal. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I, sure. I've sort of done that anyways, but you articulated it. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I can, I can do that. Yeah. I'm on board. And I think this pushes that because if you're talking about an alternate universe, yet he's just inside his own mind, how does that call get to that other universe if he's just inside sure. his brain in that capsule where he actually is? It, like, how is that getting there? I, 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 where's, what, what cell tower is it hitting? Sure. Well, I mean, in that instance, he's not even making that call. Oh, I guess he did make the call, but he, he was And he starts hold. texting, and then he starts texting yeah, sure. uh, Goodwin yeah. all these messages. You're not, you're not, the Goodwin I know isn't going to get these messages, but I'm sending these messages to you, and it might show up in another universe, sure. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, multi-universe yeah. where you are. And, of course, that plays a bigger role towards the end. But I'm thinking, well, how are these, how are these getting through systematically? logistically because he's just inside his own mind yeah his, his his brain that has this clock sure and he's making these decisions within that i don't yeah. know i don't know how that connects sure to that other universe because I, I enjoy this an odd star trek episode where they want to do a, a spock with a goatee or a, a bad a bad picard which they did in season two of picard if you haven't have seen it no nope. they do a completely alternative universe sure. and they did it in an episode of tng generations is ultimately isn't that right you've got this interconnected between the old cast and the new cast isn't nah, that not in that way that's just nexus that's something a little bit different okay. but they do an, an episode where uh, tasha yar comes back oh. because she lives in another uh, she survived in another okay uh, so there's a whole she thing in tng the encounter at farpoint is that the name of that episode? That's the very first episode. Is it? Oh, she lasted the whole first season. <laughs> Damn it. Unfortunately. Uh, uh, just kidding, but you should watch the show. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, 1987. So I'm not against the idea of introducing it. Obviously, I'm not into Marvel anyway, so it definitely doesn't interest me. But uh, if it can if it can sell it to me, sure, I'll consider it. Yeah, on its face, it's just not something that I, I'm gravitating towards. Mm-hmm. But I thought this movie, I thought, handled it relatively well, despite my resistance to it. And yeah. I, and this is where that starts to kind of unfold in that direction. Yeah. And I, it lost me a little bit. I did kind of lose yeah. a little I, bit. I of... want to watch it again. Sure. Because I, maybe I missed a little bit of dialogue where Rutledge maybe explained how that may have gotten through. Like maybe I missed it this time around. Sure. So I think it's worth another a visit to maybe I missed a little bit of dialogue to help explain because he explains the source code a few scenes ago, uh, and we both said that works within yeah. the world. Sets so, it up really well. So yeah. yeah, there may have been something missed yeah, in the middle we'll of it. We'll find out. So then we've got what is working out to be the the eighth. Who's counting? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Who, who, at this point, who's counting? Uh, the eighth trip back is when, which again, I really. I'm really kind of enjoying because you're getting this repetition, but you're getting a little bit more and a little bit different and all these different little traces and, and, and ways in which the story starts to unfold. So it always has the same ending, obviously, that eight minutes and poof, you know, they're back in the capsule and so forth. So the structure doesn't really change. But I like that there's these incremental movement within each segment, let's say, of, of his return. So in this instance, this is now he's got he's been gathering all this information. He now has ultimately figures out that the guy who dropped the wallet is this guy Frost. He finds the bomb. He disconnects the, the, the phone, follows him out, and effectively 
bus him. Yeah. Right. And then dead and then, to rights. Dead to rights. Take him to the van. Right. They follow. He takes the van. So forth. And Frost is like, I'll show you. You know, want to see it? The world deserves to crumble. You know, it's 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 a hell and this and that. And I like that. That um, he shoots him, Gyllenhaal. So after he reveals the bomb in the van, so again, gathering new information so that he can take it back. But he dies, basically, and he yeah. lies down, and then she comes, uh, Christina again, and... Screws it all up, and really. pops her, too, and I thought, yeah. oh, okay. Now, again, we know that that doesn't really matter. They're going to come back, so there's not necessarily yeah. an emotional... Unlimited uh, continues. ...sadness, let's say. But I did think that they played it with the right amount of sadness for the characters in the moment. So even though I know mm. yeah. that at eight minutes later... He's coming back, sure, and that she's still alive. You know, like all this stuff. Great, yeah. But I, well, she dies no matter what. That's what I mean. And but I like that they play that and the music and the sequence in which he's you know face down on the ground looking over and she he's sort of crying out to her, you know stay with me stay with me and she's kind of crying and like I thought that scene was fairly emotional for a scene that doesn't really mean anything in a weird way. Yeah. I don't know how you felt about that if you had any thought no, around I would, it. But I, I would thought agree. it was really yeah. well put together. No, I, I agree with that. You know. It was just having the look of her like on the on the ground, yeah, and look looking, and I think it was, might have been a tear. It's a tear, yeah. It's yeah. a beautiful little subtle thing, really. but that was sad. It's a sad scene again, yeah. and despite the fact that we know that it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I think also it, it reminded us like, well, wait, she's but she dies in every scenario. Yeah, and according to Rutledge, it doesn't matter what he does, she dies no matter what because they're, all they're trying to do is stop the next bomb. That's right. This one cannot is unstoppable. Yeah, at least in this universe. Sure. Uh, so it's not, but so it's just a realization like, you know what? She, she dies no matter what. That sucks, man. Yeah. And now this really gives you a moment to see it because all the other times it's an explosion yep. and then they have us back in the capsule and we kind of forget it and then we move on. That's right. This one lets it sink in like, oh shit, this really, she's a r- really nice woman Yeah. and she dies no matter what. And that sucks. And it sucks for him. And obviously he doesn't want to give up on it. Yeah, we've talked about in other. We've watched a lot of war movies, and you know, I hate to kind of harp on the Marvels and the uh, something oh, like a harp away, like a Lord of the Rings, or some of these like big fantastical movies. But one of the things that we've talked about, or I certainly have a problem with, some of these big action sequences is there is almost no emotionality. Right, you're just mowing down orcs, orcs and whatnot. But even in other war movies, which are humans, we only get to choose the three or four that we actually care about, and everybody else that dies has no resonance. There isn't mm-hmm. a, yeah. a moment. And, you know, Fury has a couple of those that go way back to something like that, where, yes. where some people die in that movie and it doesn't matter, they move on, and then others have the moment. And I think, to your point, that's a, it's a great example of we've watched these people now blow up Over, at least yeah. eight <laughs> other times yeah. and haven't really felt anything because we're not supposed to. Yeah. Or it's so, like you're saying, it's a big explosion, so there's no humanity attached to it. Yeah, it's cool. Watch this Absolutely. explosion. Then we'll do it a different way every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one where they have that that visual effect shot of them and they're like face kind of peeling off yeah. or something. That I thought was really well done. Showy. Yeah, a little showy, <laughs> but I thought I'm okay with it. Little <laughs> um, But I hear it was like a real, I thought, emotional beat. In a, up until now, has not really had. Yeah, uh, he, he felt his stuff, right? His coming to terms with the fact that he's dead yeah. and what he's his going struggle. through. And I think, who, and I think that's why the dad part lends well. It gives I suppose us that's that. his that's his inner inner turmoil, and this gives us something um, for her. And uh, yeah, I think I don't know if this was something that this kind of um, 
wrote themselves into this sort of scene and it just really worked out this way. But I think, I'm sure it was done on purpose, but I think it was... Probably uh, written in a screenplay. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, perhaps. <laughs> Uh, but it's not a lot, but I think, I think it needs to be there. Yeah, really, I think it galvanizes more. that relationship because I think you wonder, and this is true of Groundhog Day in particular, where that story is kind of revolving around these two people and having... the homeless guy, he just yeah, dies every a beautiful, time. beautiful scene. But this relationship of those two being born and growing out of these little one day at a time repeated you know and, and they kind yeah. of gradually so having a scene like this does i think galvanize that relationship because she obviously is reacting to him as if he's just chris i think is his name or yeah or, i couldn't find it um that sounds right though uh but single syllable as yeah, yeah, yeah. usually yeah <laughs> um but also he has no relationship to her right she's nobody yet she saves her and he kind of kind of connects and connects so anyway i really thought that that was a really good scene well executed and kind of brings us to, at that point, he's basically solved the the mission. So he comes back. Yeah, they're to all the castle, celebrating essentially, and he says effectively, like here, he, he goes to this van. You're welcome. It's this license plate number. It's a white van parked in blah blah blah, and he's basically succeeded. And they're again, they're they're celebrating. They're planning for eight more source codes they could have, and so yeah. forth. And he putting a big order in. Yeah, it's right. And then he kind of. <laughs> is now asking for the let me back in one more time like he'd already kind of committed he wants me to die like he wants to die he's like this is not what i want to be no now that he's he's acknowledged sort of what he is or whatever else and i thought that was really kind of poetic and and he's now begging for one more time let me go in one more time and just make it right i want to fix i want to save the train he's like he solved the future problems by finding the van, but he, he dropped the ball on the current problem, the train problem. Yeah, good and, on him. And he thinks he can go back and he wants to save everybody on the train. And they keep telling him, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Move on. If it doesn't care, let me do it. That's the thing. And then yeah. he makes a compelling argument enough to say Rutledge is obviously too busy celebrating. He's off doing his his, his grandstanding and so forth. Yeah. And she, as you as we mentioned, have been on the, the fence between the it's irrelevant, focus on the mission, do the job. And also empathizing with the fact that this guy is yeah he's like, barely alive like he's, yeah. his brain is alive but everything else is failing. Yeah, she's got some compassion and yeah, there's sort of a bit of an assisted suicide kind of pact. So I it doesn't really dwell on that reality, but I think it's a, it makes for an interesting couple of scenes with those two and trying to you really kind of kind of see where he's coming from and why she may be willing to give it to him. I thought yeah. that was really a, a yeah. good, good couple I, of scenes. This movie, like we are just talking about before, does inject that uh, emotionality and allow you to connect these characters a little bit more than it, and it may may um, had to. Yeah. And my wife uh, mentions, like, well, it seems like Jake's character, Colton, mm-hmm. Coulter, Coulter, Coulter. Like, is always in love with this Coulter girl. Steve, that's not Chris. It's Coulter. Coulter. No, I think Chris is who. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, the teacher. The teacher, I think, yeah. might have been Chris. Maybe. You know, it's funny thing. We always say the names of these characters that we just the throwaway characters, like, <laughs> like the waitress and Tommy Boy, and <laughs> yeah. this, and we always get them wrong. We should really just write them down yeah. to get them right. Yeah. But anyways, and I was like, well, how can this guy be in love with this girl? Sure. She, he's never met her before till now, and it's only eight minutes. I yep. said, well, he keeps going in these these eight minute things yeah and she's the first person he sees sure she's pretty she's pretty she's got a good smile and if that if you're going through that that 
whatever that is to go through yep. and that's the first person you see you're gonna fall in love with that person 100 like she's the whole, you're the reason you're holding baby holding on or, or keeping sure. sane in the situation so and it's only eight minutes at a time but this is at least eight different trips in right yeah. so you're getting little yeah so she i think she bought my argument and the only one that you're having like any conversation with as well and yeah. she's going through her own thing. He wants to save her too, right? She's like, "Oh, you know, don't pick up the phone. You're gonna be, yeah, you right." So you're you're making that connection. You have to make that yeah, connection, hundred percent, with what you have to work with. And yeah, she's the one. And I so. think about. I mean, obviously, it's completely different. But I mean, that's what movies do, right? We have two hours with somebody, sometimes less. And I've cried at movies where they've died. These characters have died, and you think, well, a, it's not real. Like this guy, this actor isn't dead. And A and B, sorry, I, I, I've only watched, this is like 45 minutes into a movie. But that's the power of that connection, right? And power so, of love, Jennifer uh, Rush. Sh- sure. So, uh, or Huey Lewis even. Um, yeah, yeah, that's another take. And Celine Dion redid the Jennifer, I think it's Jennifer Rush, but yeah. Mm. Uh, so I just think it's interesting that she would have that, Reaction because I think that's kind of what movies do. We, yeah, we she's kind an of, idiot. I don't know. What to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Just get it. Doesn't get it like we do. We're on a whole other level. Sure, sure. You know? uh, so this kind of sets up the final. They let him back in basically for the sort of she final. Does. She yeah. does. Yes, right. Yeah, good one for the final uh, countdown. Yeah, the final attempt. Put a little Europe in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great movie. The final countdown. Yeah. If you remember. Also a bit of a parallel universe, uh, alternate dimension. Movie. Oh well, we should check it out. That's when uh, Spock. No, the, if my memory is correct, the aircraft carrier goes through a portal and ends up in like 1940s, like World War II era or oh. something like that. And they're in, the, or maybe World, I can't remember now. But there's something about a temporal breakdown that happens in that movie. Mm. Um, anyway, I uh, I have it over there somewhere. It's hey, like, buddy, it's your pick next week. So. Uh, that's true. You got Audible here. It could, it could be an Audible live. In- Jod Madden here is going to pull an Audible. <laughs> um, anyway, so at this point, he's in and and has a very specific mission. He knows what's going on, knows exactly how to maybe maximize those eight, eight, those eight minutes. So much so that it feels like 15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this probably is where your wife was like, it's been eight minutes. Yeah, she did mention something. <laughs> uh, again, the rest, I'm not timing them, but in this one, it yeah. starts to feel like you got to cram the rest. Like You kind of have to culminate your story I w- here. I, I would have liked a little more sense of urgency just yes. to keep it. In its own logic. I agree. That, I agree with that. Because that, there is one point in where it's like, I feel like most of it needs to be in there. But I do think you're losing some of the urgency. Because it goes past the eight minutes and, it, and it, he's still there. But the eight minutes, it kind of breaks. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but even before it breaks. That's what I mean. They should have done that like, break earlier yes. so we could still buy it. And then we'll deal with that logic on its yeah. own. I think that's that's fair. Yeah. It does feel a little... Uh, yeah. A little longer. Again, I'm in the movie at this it point. Because <laughs> it literally is. Uh, I'm in the movie at this point, so I'm not really thinking it too much. Sure, yeah. But uh, I do like... So at this point, and I have... This is a very serious question for you. Ooh. When he says... Um, when he says to her, let's get a cup of coffee. I love coffee. Does coffee mean sex? Okay. <laughs> in that instance, I don't think so. Um, because I've heard coffee means coffee, and in Seinfeld yeah, terms, yeah. Coffee, coffee, d- means coffee means sex at at midnight. Gotcha. I think not at two o'clock, two in the o'clock on, on, on a train. A, on a train. Okay. So I think coffee meant coffee. Okay. Though if they had more than eight minutes, it might lead to that. I also kind of like how she 
says, I've waited so long for you to ask me for a cup of coffee. I think these guys are friends. They probably have had coffee before. We don't know that. No, we don't. It's not established. But I just think the way that she reacts to him is... Yeah. And she says something like, uh, I knew he was a keeper. So there's a couple of these moments. Mm. I feel like they're co-workers. Sure, absolutely. Maybe they. I think a coffee outside of the office is different than the coffee within inside the building. So like a more of a personal coffee. Yeah. Like more of a, let's go out on a date. Not like a, I don't know. I don't know. That's fair. Stuff for debate. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I just the first thing that popped in my brain, I was like, you know, Dave's probably going to have a Seinfeldian uh, response to that gonna, line of questioning. No, I'm, but. I'm trying to... Slow down on that and just give you a break. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Turn over you nothing, leaf. and I brought it to the table. And there's nobody in this uh, movie from Seinfeld. No. Or Frasier. Or MacGyver. <laughs> or MacGyver. Star Trek. Uh, if I dug, I might find, <laughs> find somebody, somebody, maybe, but I don't think so. All right. So. Well, that's uh, that's quite possible. Yeah. So at this point, again, he's he's got the bomb disarmed. He has that little conversation with Frost. Gets on the phone. You're a pathetic man. I need to be stopped. You know, come pick me up. That cries. Made him cry. That's a scene where I think probably didn't need to have him stop and make that call because that's valuable time, right? Again, if, if you're that sense of urgency, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do feel like that's maybe something that could have been trimmed. Yeah. Uh, from his perspective, I thought that that, uh, but I like the scene overall. I thought it was pretty good, and I like that it sort of goes through all of these bits of business you know he catches the guy and so forth defuses the bomb as i said so now he knows that the train is safe the bomb isn't going to go off later and he calls his dad and yeah. how did you feel about that call like that that sequence or that scene with him and the, and the dad on the phone i think it was really i think it was good i think a a jake's performance yeah was bang on you really felt um his pain yeah his sadness uh and then now knowing it's Scott Bakula, great job, Scott. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think it was a, a great, a great sequence. Uh, I think it added a, another level uh, of us getting to know his character. Yeah, and and um, connecting with him. So I, I like the scene generally, but I, I, it was a scene where I thought about it. Do I like this scene? Yeah, doesn't need to be there. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I thought because. It was so well written, and the dialogue was uh, felt just really good. It was felt right. It was nice. I liked it. I think it was it was sweet. Yeah, yeah. I I agree for the most part. There were a couple of moments in it where I felt like I've seen this scene before. Sure. And I didn't think that this did it any better. Uh, he needs closure. Like he, yeah, I get all the reasons why it is yeah. there, but I felt like I didn't get the emotional punch that I was hoping for. We've talked about this in a couple of other movies over the years, yeah. where I, I wanna, I wanna feel it. Yeah, I, right? I didn't get to and, that and level. And it doesn't yeah. get there. No. And I don't know why. It's not a detriment to the movie. It's like I, I want to be taken to a place. It's not the fault of the movie. The movie isn't supposed to take me there. But I think like, oh, this is the. The dying son talking yeah. to the to the dad. They never had the closure. Do it. Like yeah. this is something that I feel like would punch me in the gut emotionally. And because it doesn't, I feel like oh, well, don't bother. Then don't bother <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Which is weird because I felt like he the, like he delivered it yeah. well. Yeah. And maybe I guess the I mean, I'm trying to recall the dialogue, but it seemed to make a, it was a sensible conversation of sure wh- I would, how it I was would go. Your, I was with your son. You know, he was a good man or whatever yeah. else. Yeah. So maybe we're just. Dead inside or empty, I don't know. If I'm not sure, but those are things that I mean we've talked before in in, in other movies, but like uh, that I find 
really powerful. And because I didn't feel it in this one, I thought, well, something must be missing. Because you put that father-son's conversations together in a a movie, I'm usually going to have a feeling around that. Yeah. And because I I didn't have – I've had like a a more uh, clinical view of it. I thought, this is a good scene, well-performed, reasonably written, Mm -hmm. but not that – that punch in the gut yeah. that I was hoping for. What I what I do sometimes to check if it's me, yeah, or if it's the film, is I go back and I watch Armageddon. Okay. When, when I stop so, tearing up, <laughs> sure, at the end, yeah, then I know your heart is there's something hardened. wrong with me. Yeah, it's, it, it is hardened, and I need to start drinking again. Okay, good to know. Good <laughs> to, to feel. Know. Uh, I can't adjust. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know. That's good. That's good to know. Um, yeah, it really is. And really, I thought that scene was good. I thought during that scene, or maybe right after, they reveal kind of what's left of him, and I thought mm. that was really powerful too. Yeah. Even though we kind of know that. I thought it was. I'm trying to remember. Was it just his head? <laughs> Obviously not. But, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but like even just seeing that, and then the fact that it kind of does the sort of dolly move and, and yeah. to reveal the rest of him, uh, I thought. And yeah, and the body was. Sort twitching of and twitching. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was really effective. And watching her look at that kind of again l- lends that belief to like, this guy should die. Right. Like, like I wouldn't, he doesn't want to live like this. And it's obvious now what he's sort of living mm-hmm. with or whatever else. So I, I thought that was a really pretty powerful sequence. And yeah. And at this point, she shuts him down. It's eight minutes. He kisses. Christine. Or is it that? Yeah. Yeah, they're out in front of that that weird um, monument thing. Where you... no, 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 that's not that's not yet. No. Yeah, I'm saying it stops in the train. Oh yes, yes. Right, the yeah. freeze frame more or less in the train. Now before that, he's trying to make everything right, and there's in I keep referencing With Groundhog Russell Day, Peters. but in Groundhog Day, there's like a great sequence of trying to make things right, kind of over and over again. And this one, I did feel like this bit was too much for me. This for an ending piece took me a little bit out of the movie Okay, where he turns into, and they kind of call him on it, which again, I'm, I'm happy that they sort of make a light of the fact that he says, Hey man, don't sweat the small stuff. You'll drown. Or why are you so bitter, man? It's cynical. The world is sucks. It doesn't have to, you can be the light, you know, like all of this sort of motivational speaker type of, of talk. Yeah. And I've got 126 bucks tells you, you can't make everybody on this thing laugh. I started just to feel like ah, this movie has mm. taken a, a pretty syrupy pivot. It's out of bounds, buddy. Was, it's out of bounds. It's a little bit out of bounds. Yeah. I, I thought the rest of the movie delivered so much, to me anyway, interesting and you know somewhat thought-provoking, but interesting characters and development and logistical pieces to kind of keep it contained. And, and I was really enjoying it and really respected it. I didn't hate that last sort of couple minutes, but it's it did pull me out a little bit because I just thought you're trying to fix the world now a little bit too big, and maybe that's me being too cynical. But it, it felt a little unearned. Um, I think that particular scene, I don't, I'm not, I can forgive me, I'm not a Russell Peters fan. Me neither. So I would have liked a different comedian who's funny. I, that's my opinion. Sure. A lot of people find him funny. I particular, I'm big fan. Not. People are. I'm. Not. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I like that idea to a certain extent. Again, I don't want this sort of, 
you know, it's going beyond its own sure thing or, or whatever. But I like it is a nice sentiment mm-hmm. and it's well shot and such. And I, I kind of like that idea. I still I'm still having issues overall with what's going on. Why is he still? He's unplugged. Why is he well, still at here? At this point, it's a, he's, a, he's that's the last bit before he's unplugged. Yeah. Is he makes the train he's, happy. Yeah. And then and he, I, get, I and like then he kisses her because like, hey, we're in this like perfect yeah. little harmonious world. Yeah, I like the, what it symbolizes. Sure. sure. I'd like the world to be better. Don't get me wrong. I just thought it, this nice. goes against a little bit to me of what like the movie has already well, been that's doing. It. it just feels, well, no, the story isn't about making the world better. Maybe it is. In some ways. And maybe it is. And maybe I just missed it. It just felt a little tacked on. You're stuck all. on the source code, buddy. Let it go. It's not really about that. <laughs> it, it was the only piece of the movie, really, that I let... let I mean, again, the multiverse thing kind of knocked me off a little bit, but I was quick to get back. This was a little bit... It's particularly because it's at the end, or like, you know, really nearing the end. I was like, oh, I don't love this. Mm. It wasn't enough, again, I, I still recommend the movie generally, but it was... Mm. Just the first moment of like, hey, I don't. This is a choice that I don't love. Yeah, I definitely have mixed feelings overall with the last ten minutes. But I like what happens. So, I like what happens after that personally. So, it's just that little pocket of post dad because I like that, mm-hmm. and them getting off the train. I like that. It's just that minute yeah. and a half or two minutes of fixing everybody's problems. So just cut that out then. Yeah. You're good little, with everything? I, I just think it's like, hey, dude, the big deal you're trying to close, you know, the, the business guy, you know, it doesn't matter. Hey, college student, the test you're going to take, you're going to ace it. It's okay. How does he know? The, the, the <laughs> frustrated 10 minutes guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, man. Don't sweat it. It's cool. And funny guy, don't be so bitter. It's okay. The world's a beautiful place. And you're like, okay. But it just feels really easy. And I, I like that it's been a fight up until that point. Yeah, I see had, point, had yeah. they been dropping, much like him doing the bomb thing, that's incremental, right? You find the bomb, you leave it, it blows up. You find the bomb, you take something apart, it still blows up, but something changes. You find the bomb, you fix the guy, right? Like, everything is incremental, and this, he doesn't do any of that stuff at any other point during the movie. So now it's at the end, and there just sort of feels like it's sort of like, yeah, yeah and everybody's going to live happily ever after. It's okay. Feels a little bit tacked on. That's my take on it. Anyway. No, I can see. I, I I don't disagree. But I do like what happens after. I like that they get off the train. I like they go to the Bean in in Chicago. Okay, I figured it was something. I'd yeah. never been. And uh, I me mean, neither. But uh, you should. I know it's a mm. missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, and I like that it sort of ends and, and it, you know shows the reflection of him being. He's basically now taken over this other guy in this new dimension. And I like that it sort of gives the text message or whatever, the email, like you say. To Goodwin, yeah. To Goodwin. You know, if you get this, it means it works. And go ahead. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I like it. I'm just, I, I want to I figure it out, how that works. And what he, The interdimensional text message. I don't, I don't, yeah, and I almost feel like he sh- almost should see himself and not the teacher in the reflection. Yeah, I think, I mean, the idea is... Is that he's dead. Coulter yeah, he's dead. is dead. And he doesn't get put into the train because he solved the train puzzle. Then the train doesn't explode. And but it they, does. But it doesn't. <laughs> but because it does. they even mention it in that in the dimension when they walk in. But they're not in it. They're inside this kid this guy's head. That's my that's Well, my they're head. in reality. They're in reality where the train blew up and they're trying to find out what happens after that. 
but he goes in in and out, you know each time and where <laughs> into the source code okay to prevent the next bombing that's the mission is prevent the sure next yeah bombing. he's inside the source code but that's not an actual reality that's just a bunch of well they the the train explodes in their reality and they pull him out to solve the next problem because millions yeah, of people die but they're not in a reality they're just playing the last eight minutes of this dude's life over and over and over and this sure the close the closest thing code. yeah 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 but the point is that they solve my understanding my reading of it is they solve the train he his mission was to solve the next problem but he actually solves the original problem which means the train doesn't explode which means that there is no need to take Coulter Stevens off of life support to put him into the source code. <laughs> I'll have to watch it because again. it doesn't exist anymore. Like that mission doesn't exist anymore because the bombs never happened. Mm-hmm. So he only just says the machine you have will work for whatever the next problem is, but they wouldn't know that because the plane, the train was narrowly averted, which is what the he and Rutledge are talking about. So they never even they haven't tested the source code in that. In that alternate, in that universe, reality, yeah, and then he's in the alternate reality. This is why I hate multiverses because <laughs> yeah. it just sounds like a bunch of bullshit. But yeah. he's now living in this other world where he's taken over Chris Teacher guy to be with Monahan in Chicago because the train never exploded, Frost was arrested, and everything's kind of hunky dory. So I kind of don't, I don't mind that it's kind of that's the happy ending I'm willing to accept, and not that everybody on the train is sure happy go lucky now. You think there's successful versions of us uh, in, in another universe doing a better podcast? Lord, I hope so. <laughs> Lord, I hope so. We're, maybe we're the successful ones. Oh, maybe. dear God. Yeah. I hate to see. Uh... I feel, feel bad for those other saps. <laughs> the day the successful that just, version of us. There's a day that just kept on drinking. That's right. That never, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. This movie doesn't dwell on things like that, but I think it asks that question sometimes. It's, it's, uh, it's yeah. fun to think about, I yeah. suppose. So, again, I think it's worth... Now, ironically, it's worth a rewatch. Sure. Uh, you know, yeah, it's got yeah. rewatchability, uh, re- replayability, because the ending gets a little bit, and things are happening pretty fast generally mm-hmm. throughout the movie. So uh, yeah, I mean, again, you sort of go back. It's the Twelve Monkeys thing as well. If you go back to the to the the break in the the story, if you go back to the root cause of where like this dimension and this dimension, you know, exist, and the the thing that triggers the new dimension doesn't happen then does the new dimension even exist right 12 monkeys is a great job of that i felt and i there's a few things i picked up but on in my fifth watch sure i yeah, did yeah. not realize in the first couple watches it's like, a great oh. great movie that I, I haven't seen in a long time but my memory it's kind really of it's, i've been holding off on that one it's sure. definitely on a short list because it's a good bruce willis movie yeah, and you're like ah, i'm not gonna watch this saving one. it saving <laughs> it <laughs> let's watch the kid instead i'm trying to spread out my bruces <laughs> i don't want to but bastard. we're getting close to, uh, to bruce um, time again so <laughs> little teaser um, anyway so dave uh uh that was sort of the culmination of that movie. What are your final thoughts on, on not only that scene, and, and the, we talked a little bit about it, but your final thoughts on the scene, the movie, and, and, and so forth? Uh, yeah, generally, I mean, for the, for, the, for the movie overall, I mean, I do, I, you know me, I do like a happy ending. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, sure. So uh, I would agree now that after kind of talking about it, we probably could have done without the Russell Peters $126 make everyone laugh sort of thing. And just on the other stuff, I just need to understand it mm-hmm. a little bit more mm-hmm. to maybe appreciate it uh, itself. But uh, I was happy to see uh, them live, I guess, <laughs> in some <laughs> other world. 
Uh, overall, I think this movie is pretty interesting and pretty unique. I think it has similar ideas to things that have been done before, but very original in some of its ideas of how they recreate his world in the capsule, the source code itself, and uh, coming back eight minutes and having a little bit of different. Uh, I mean, obviously, Groundhog Day, and they've done that, but this uh, this does it completely different. So I think it's it's a good movie and it's a good. I don't know. It feels like it, it's weird on my shelf. It just stands alone. It's just the source code. It's not of its own thing. It's not part of any sort of group. Oh, here's my action movies. Here's these movies. It's just on its own source code. So it's, I, like it, I like it for that reason. Did I like it as much as the first time? No, probably, maybe. I think part of it was I, I remember liking it a lot. Sure. And like, oh, I'm going to love this. And then I, expectations. You ruined it for I yourself. I did it again. I, yeah. I do it every time. Yeah. So it's going to obviously stay on my shelf. Uh, and I'll probably give him another watch at some point. Um, sure. Maybe sooner rather than later, because I'm curious more to make that last connection that I didn't quite make with, with sort of the ending. Because yeah. it can be a little bit confusing for a guy of my uh, IQ. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that rounds it up for me. Again, I'm glad you liked the film, Phil. So tell me your final thoughts. And uh, what's coming at us next week? Uh, yeah, I, I think... I, I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was pretty fun, really, generally speaking. I thought his Good performance tempo. was yeah. really solid. I thought, mm-hmm. uh, to your point as well, it did not uh, – it, it, it delivered. It was speedy, as you, as you said. There wasn't a lot of fat on it as well. Only an hour and a half. That's too. it. Really, really tight yeah. movie and, and uh, paced really well, edited really well. So, And again, uh, Hall is not an actor that I typically gravitate towards, but I thought he was solid in this movie. So I liked just about all of it. I, again, I thought it created an internal logic that made sense, that that sustained throughout the whole movie. Didn't feel like it waned too much. Uh, and when it did, it managed to bring me back. So I was really impressed by the filmmaking in general. I was happy to see that Duncan Jones made a, a, a decent one movie. One other good movie? Yeah, at least one <laughs> other good movie, which I, I was pleased by. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, I really enjoyed the movie. And, and uh, I'll probably watch it again. Uh, you oh, know, nice. like to your point, maybe not you know immediately, but... This might be one that I share with uh, with the fam. I think. Oh uh, yeah, think they'll appreciate uh, it. I think they might. Yeah, it's nothing too. I think it's, it it asks interesting questions and kind of presents them really interestingly. But not and, too heavy at the that's same it, time. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like a. It's weird like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a really kind of a fun movie, and that kind of leads me to to what I decided upon for next week, which was one of the more fun movies that I really enjoyed back in the day, and I was thinking about it the other day. Uh, we're gonna watch uh, Out of Sight. Out of sight. Uh, George Clooney. Clooney and Lopez. Lopez. Okay. Lopez. It's our first Lopez. It is our first Lopez. It's not our first. Cl- it could very well could be. I have to check the Clooney? archives, but I think it might be. That's fucked up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we've gone so long without a Clooney. Yeah. Uh, Jeez. So anyway, so that's what we got. Cool. Looking forward to uh, it. Thanks for listening, folks. We really appreciate it. Uh, please uh, join us on the uh, Off the Shelf with Phil and Dave Facebook page. Uh, you can uh, please feel free to comment on anything over there. Uh, rate the podcast five stars on any of your uh, podcatchers of choice Uh, those uh, really help us out we really appreciate it and uh, of course follow and uh, share most importantly share on any timeline on any 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 universe I can help you out with this one (laughs) any multiverse any version of you can can leave some if you were on life support listening to this podcast (laughs) god please uh, as your last wish maybe share your podcast uh, with your friends Thanks, folks. Talk to you next week. Bye. I think it's our podcast, not theirs. Did I say their podcast? Yeah. Share your podcast. Oh. It's our podcast.